So, you know, today I was thinking to speak about honoring our ancestors because we just had Halloween yesterday. And it's, you know, celebrated in many countries around the world. And, you know, while the celebration has been heavily commercialized, at least, you know, in the Western Hemisphere, you know, it's a time where people show off their costumes and collect candy. I yesterday went through the neighborhood and I saw the most uh, outrageous, you know, families. <laughs> Very sweet. One dad was like a traffic cone, you know, and his wife, the mom, was a, a donut. <laughs> and the girl was a princess and the boy was some kind of a Star Wars character. It was just like so amazing. Kind of sweet, you know, how people do that. But still, it's a, it's a huge business thing. And has even, you know, now that been coming to Austria, that people do that in Austria too, which was completely not done when I was a child. But in, in reality, you know, that uh, holiday can be traced back to a British Celtic tradition known as All Hollow Tide and has become Halloween. And the word was first used, I looked it up, in 1471 and stems from three old English words. All, of course, is every and hello is holy, the hello, how it's called now, and tide means season or time. And, you know, it was believed and still is believed that at this time of the year, you know, the veil between this world and the world of the dead is particularly thin and there can be, uh, you know, a kind of a contact and also that, you know, the people who have departed need to be pacified. So offerings are made in different ways. The Mexican Day of the Death when shrines are set up and, you know, food offerings are made. And also like when I lived in Thailand, many houses there have a outside, you know, they have a little ghost house where food offerings are presented every day hoping, you know, that the ghost will stay outside and be happy with what's offered there and not come inside. So there's lots of uh, traditional rituals, you know, have been developed in order, you know, to honor those who have gone before us and also protect ourselves from some of them, you know, who might have some unresolved issues and also, you know, try to connect with those who are healthy and have wisdom so that they will guide us. And, you know, I also remember when I was in Malaysia many years ago, maybe like 30 years ago, I, I dropped into a shop where they were selling all kinds of paraphernalia to put into the coffin, you know, of people who had died before they get um, burned. And there was like everything under the sun, you know, made out of paper, like suits with, with ties and mobile phones and TVs, radios, small cars, cigarettes, you know, everything under the sun to give to them, you know, so when they come to the other world, they have all of those things available for them. It was stunning. I mean, it was so beautifully made. It was a huge warehouse full of these items. I had never seen it before. I was really blown away because it was real beautiful art objects, actually. So, yeah, there's, you know, and in our culture, because there's so much fear of death, of death, and there's so much like 
you know, all the scientific so-called progress, which makes us even more and more afraid of death, you know, thinking if we are dying, there's something we haven't been doing right. So we have a kind of a bit of a warped, you know, relationship to death, but there are some cultures like indigenous cultures, you know, who have daily uh, rituals of remembering the departed ones. And, and here, you know, in our culture, it got incorporated into the Christian religion. And now we have these three special days yeah, where we do remember the saints and the souls, you know, who have passed away. And I remember in my town in Austria, you know, on these days, there were all of the candles were lit on the on the graveyards. And it when you looked in the night, we looked out, it looks really very beautiful. The whole sea of lights. Beautiful, I remember that, you know. And what I've also heard is, you know, the candy offerings to the young people who are coming collecting is it's given to them because they are souls, you know, who have recently come back and they need to be welcomed because they are very young, you know, they have just recently returned and need to be feel welcomed with some candies. So whatever the approach chosen, you know, it's, I think, in this time, you know, where we are standing at the brink of a new world, you know, if we really, you know, have our ears to the ground, we are starting to see, you know, that something new wants to emerge. And I think, you know, thinking back to our ancestors and the resilience and the wisdom and the experience which we can lean into if we are developing a relationship with them is going to be very, very supportive for us at this time, you know, where there's so much uncertainty. We just know, you know, we need to make a change in the way how we are conducting life on this planet. That's what we do know, but there's a lot of unclarity, you know, where to start and how to organize all of this. And, you know, remembering that we are having this long line of ancestors behind us. And at the same time, we going to be and we are ancestors for those who come after us can give us, you know, a sense of connectedness and also trust, you know, that we can slow down and really look deeply into what the earth, you know, wants to become next. And then you join into that development by making ourselves available, you know, to be used really as a conduit for that intelligence, which is so much vaster than our own intelligence. And I think that's, you know, what we are doing on those, in these Wednesday meetings. And I'm so glad, you know, that there's, at least a few people interested in tuning in in this way. And, uh, you know, to remember how much our ancestors have contributed, that we can't be here right now. And that they have paved the way for us to be present at this point in history. And it has all started, you know, with a cloud of stardust 
forming into a planet over four and a half billion years ago. And now we got to this point, you know, where we can tune in what wants to come next, you know, not turning away in fear and not overestimating our own capacity for, you know, thinking it through with our dualistic human minds, but rather, you know, having the humility to tune in in what is already underway and become part of the solution, not by, you know, trying to keep things the same way they have always been, but by opening our minds and our hearts to being guided, you know, by this intelligence, which we can also call the Dhamma. So I wanted to, you know, take the opportunity today again to guide us in a meditation in, you know, connecting more with these ancestors of ours and, you know, honoring them and making known to them, you know, that we are open to be guided because we know, you know, this is a particular valuable time now around the end of October and the beginning of November where the whales between us and the ancestors is the thinnest. So, you know, please try to find a posture you can sustain for about 45 minutes. And allowing your breath to take you into the body. You know, checking in with yourself, what are you bringing to this meeting today? How do you feel, you know, in your body? Emotionally, the heart. And your mind. And just allowing it all to settle down right now. And any, you know, tension or stress, just allow it to be released into the earth and after. Just allowing it to Be released.
And with every out breath, we can just allow our awareness, you know, to drop deeper into the soil beneath us. Not straining or pressurizing, just, you know, having that intention, allowing the awareness to drop deeper. And at the same time, you know, being aware of the sense of gravity, which pulls us towards the earth because our bodies and the planet are one process. They're deeply interconnected and constantly exchange energy with each other. So these bodies of ours are so deeply rooted in the planet. Even, you know, we can't really see the roots like you can see the roots of a tree, but it's on an energetic level that there's a constant exchange. And it's like a perception we need to cultivate because it will help us to be more real. And let your nervous system guide you. Just that the whole body can perceive in its own way. You know, it can see in a not like we can see with our eyes, but it can intuit that deep interconnectedness. With the biosphere through eating, drinking, breathing, going to the bathroom, sweating and crying, and all of the different ways, you know, how we discharge and ingest our environment. 
and then what once was basically outside of the skin is inside of the skin for some time and then released again and that's a ongoing process which is so every day you know that we usually don't pay any attention to it it totally escapes us And then by opening up that perception, we can uh, reconnect with something which is always happening, but we just have forgotten it. That's, you know, this very important work which needs to be done by our species at this point in history. We need to get it, we need to integrate that truth. We need to slow down enough to sensitize our minds that, that those minds and hearts can know again. You know, come back to the ground, the humility to slow down instead of constantly running after the next thing we slow down and start to understand who we are and that we can't go this alone we need to do this as a collective and we need to find our place in the collective of life. We thought we can leave that place through science and technology, but we have reached a point where we need to turn back and look deeply into who we are. We can't escape the limitations of having an earth body. And it's good enough. It's amazing, really, if we pay attention.
We have a long lineage of ancestors that connects us to the archaeological life and development of this planet, which started with a cloud of stardust. This, you know, this, this exercise you know, can help us to grow our capacity for perception. And through that, you know, we can adjust and grow into a more realistic way of what is happening here at this point in history. Can be a uh, you know sense of inspiration and at the same time you know a sense of uh, responsibility a capacity to respond rather than react As we are recognizing, it's much more than just about us, all of this. So, so much vaster. And that all, you know, these ancestors, not only, you know, from our own family, our loved ones who have passed away, but also our animal ancestors, plant ancestors, mineral ancestors, a whole network of worlds from which we have emerged. And this connects us to these ancestors from a vast, vast deep time. whole field of life which we are standing on literally and which we are drawing on every moment and you know as soon as we allow that perception to become conscious and really work on rooting ourselves in that a whole vast field of information starts to become available And it might not, you know, be like a verbal field of information, but it will be something we can sense and we can, uh, you know, become more and more attuned to and start to resonate with as we are doing this practice. Because the way that communication is happening is maybe different than from what we consider communication to be and we can you know we can train ourselves to tune in like learning a different language a language you know which works more on the level of intuition and sensing
basically you know, deepening the capacity of the sense organs we already have, you know, the sense of touch, sense of hearing or listening. It, it can become more attuned. By slowing down and turning towards that mystery from which we emerge. There's a massive data flow which goes, you know, through that biosphere and we can turn into it or tune into it rather. You know, as being the youngest species here, most self-obsessed and immature, but now, you know, waking up and wanting to do our bit. You know, like a teenager waking up and saying, okay, I'm going to help with the washing up and bringing out the garbage. I'm not only going to have all of the benefits. So that's kind of a waking up, you know. We have exhausted, you know, a certain approach and now we can show up in a different way. We totally can do this. So many, many other species have gone before us and have done that. If you're just thinking, you know, the first fish which left the ocean and came on land, how stressful must that have been, you know, to have to grow new limbs, make, you know, hands out of flippers. It was a long, long standing process. It took many generations to hold that vision. Well, you know, when the apes came down from the trees and started to walk upright, must have been very stressful to, you know, walk on those two small feet looks like impossible and then that's what we are doing. The whole system of the skeleton, everything adjusted over time because the vision was held clearly and responded to. And this is a similar situation. It's not gonna be easy, but it's doable.
sondern es wird tuning in in this way with the data flow, which isn't intellectual, you know. Notice how that feels in your grounding as a human being in life. Do you sense a greater connectedness and even, you know, some purpose for yourself in all of this? You know, something which might not be possible in a little put into language, but something which the heart knows. The heart knows what it is. And it opens up in like a new energy which becomes available as the heart, you know, can stay in resonance with that depths of unfolding or emergence, which has never stopped, you know, for 4.5 billion years and is not going to stop anytime soon. So we don't have to do it alone. It's never been, you know, in the cards. It was always about being part of a process which cannot be understood with the dualistic thinking mind. But the dualistic thinking mind can help to materialize to manifest that which is in service of that unfolding. But it can't lead the can't lead that movement. It can only serve. And it's needed. So, you know, understanding ourselves as part of a much wider and deeper context, you know, brings a vibrancy into our being, a subtle joy, you know, which is palpable. And that's, you know, showing us this is the right way to go. This is, you know, the 
opening through which a new kind of way of being starts to make itself known to us. And we are learning also to, you know, contribute something to this process. By, you know, making ourselves available to learn. And trust, you know, in the resiliency and capacity to respond, which is part of our inheritance. And there's also some trauma, which is part of our inheritance. We have both. And you know, through taking an interest, we can basically open up this you know, wellspring of information and support. So you know, really I'm inviting emergence into the vessel of our being and into the vessel of this group of ours, you know, this small community which meets regularly and uh, try to be a network of like-minded People, you know, who are taking interest in how to support emergents. You know, as we are, you know, it's like on the edge, you know, of what is known, leaning into that, not knowing, with a sense of trust and awe. Because we do remember that we belong to this big network of life.
and we can really sense, you know, that we are embedded in an amazing web of intelligence that is much more than human. We can just really root in that. It's a very subtle recognition, but it can be cultivated, you know, like any other skill, like driving a car, playing the piano, or connecting with that intelligence. It's just one other skill. You can probably put it on onto your CV at this point in history, but maybe later. We're still around. So, you know, working with the sense of separation, which is part of our conditioning, and leaving that behind through paying attention in a very different way than usual. And that unfolds, you know, as we engage it. Like any other skill, you know, as we are engaging in the learning, it starts to unfold. It's an organic process. You know, some of the past heals, some of the patterns of disconnection as they heal and the fragmentation starts to smoothen out. A different way of seeing, a different way of being becomes available. It's a kind of a healing process of some kind of a connection which was broken on one level. Even it was always happening, but our perception wasn't able to connect with it because of the different, you know, trainings we received about separation, about striving, about wanting to master nature. Now we are on the way, you know, to remedy that through a particular way of paying attention. We are sitting inside of that huge network, breathing, in and breathing out. That's our most subtle connection in terms of the body. <clears throat> if we don't breathe, you know, for three to seven minutes, the body is going to disintegrate.
We are noticing, you know, from behind us is this whole line of ancestors. And in front of us are the younger generations. And we are where we are in that long, long line. Becoming conscious of what that means. You know, and humbly making ourselves available to serve the unfolding. Knowing, you know, that this will give us much more lasting peace than just trying to protect ourselves against this and that threat. You're becoming an integrated human being. And you know, remembering that the Buddha is on record that in the night of his awakening, he has been touching the earth and asking her, you know, to be his witness that he has done the work. He has been living what he has realized. And we can do that too. We can start to live more consciously from that place and see what happens. And as we, you know, perceive ourselves in that long, long line of ancestors, if you want to, you, you can allow or invite, you know, one of the ancestors to connect with you and uh, give you some kind of gift or a message to support you, you know, in your spiritual development. A symbol of support and connectedness. Just you know inviting that 
perception to emerge in the mind, not straining for it, but just sitting with humility and interest and see what emerges. Whatever you know came to you, just allow it to you know be absorbed in your heart. Knowing you know that you can always tune in and ask. normal you know to feel confused and uncertain when there's so much change happening so fast
we have that field of life we can cultivate a connection with the conscious one because we are never really able to leave it behind. But we can become more conscious of it. And that is how that field starts to speak to us. So, you know, with the in-breath, sensing the deep non-separation, with the out-breath, relaxing into the space. And also being aware of that which knows about all of this. Awareness itself. In particular, you know, at the end of the meditation, dedicate all of the good energy of our work, you know, especially with the young people. Who find such a different situation than what we had when we were born. you know, how we can support them and show them our care, you know, and that we recognize what is going on. I think that's really important. 
really being available. And slowly, you know, feeling the gravity, body, and, you know, coming back and slowly opening the eyes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.